You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, the editor of Smoking Cuban and writer at Mavs.com. What you got for me, Isaac? Well, the Mavs had in another off day today. Good Two for them. Days. Good for them. No off days Nick. for us, though. No off days for us. How many in, in a row is this? This is number 10 in a row. This is number 10 in a row. Nick up. and I talking. So we've we've really only done two extra, but we don't. You know, guys don't need to know that. We <laughs> stop it. But still, ten in a row. Um, but no, this is the second off day before they go to Sacramento, right? Saturday. Yeah, Sacramento on Saturday. Number uh, was in it. Number number twenty eight versus number twenty nine. <laughs> yeah, solid man. <laughs> they uh, Mavericks spent two days in Phoenix, and I know they had a good off day yesterday. Did some things and but today i practiced talked on the phone with with dennis smith jr today and uh it was super funny uh we talked for a bit doing a story with him uh for mavs.com and we were joking so it's about the the dunk contest and uh stuff evolved around that weekend and i'll share one little thing from it because i can't talk too much about it until it comes out but what's it what's the last four digits of his phone number I'm not. <laughs> I don't talk about anything like that on here. Um, How many people do you think if they got the last four digits, they would just try to guess? Like they're. <laughs> oh my gosh, they'd be searching. They just sit there like, and be like, "All right, it's got to start with two one four, so we'll try that." And then. Uh, so anyway, I will actually. I'll t- share two things. First thing, he did confirm his highest vertical ever was at the Lakers workout, forty eight inches. Dang, and they didn't pick him. I know it's wild. <laughs> he said it only got he only measured it one other time before that, and it was forty two, and he was a sophomore in high school. Wow! <laughs> Did he say what his other one like? So forty eight was the highest. Did he have other ones that were like? No, he said that was the only two times it's ever been measured, and obviously the forty eight was after the torn ACL. Wow! But anyway, that can tease for the story. But the main thing I wanted to talk about it, it was a funny moment between us. We're talking about, uh, it was just a casual conversation about dunking, different whatever whatever stuff. You were and giving him tips, obviously. Of course. You know, Dennis, you know, the last, when I was dunking the other day, this is something I pulled off. Did you ask him about <laughs> landing? Did you, uh, you mention his landing mechanics? Possibly. <laughs> Stop. Actually, we kind of talked uh, around that area, but that's, that's not what I'm going to talk about now. That's fair. Okay, something that ha- something funny that we're ha- that happened is we're talking about favorite dunk contest between the both of us, and I was like, I was like, hey, like, so what? Growing up, obviously you love dunking. Like, what was your favorite dunk contest? And he was like, man, like probably the the latest one, like Levine, uh, Levine, Aaron Gordon, you know that dunk contest and stuff. It's funny like, how no one can name anybody else. Like those are the only yeah, two no, people. That- <laughs> it's the only two people that matter. Right? Wasn't it like and, Derek uh, Jones Jr. and like. I can't even somebody remember else. somebody else. But it, so I was, so we're laughing and stuff. And he's like, "What about you, bro? Like, what, what's your, you know, what was your favorite?" And I was like, "Man, like, 
Vince Carter's like my guy, like that's my favorite player ever. And like UNC. so, two thousand dunk contest, to the, that's the greatest ever for me. And I'm like, and I literally said, I was like, you remember that? Like, how old were you? He he pauses. He goes, um, I was three years old. I was like, oh my god. And it was just like I I mean I just for you just forget he he carries himself yeah. so well and he he's he's a mature young man like you don't I don't like calling him a kid like and for us it, it, uh, like we're probably, we're not used to people not remembering things that we can remember you know like yeah you know because we we always talk with you know players like Dirk's o- like so much older than us or you know media members that are older than us and you know we hear pe- podcasts people talking about things they remember in the 80s and, you know stuff like that and it's like just jarring to not have somebody that remembers something like that i in his defense though i was only eight so i don't really remember much of it either yeah but it was it's just wild because and then he was like i was only three he's like but i've seen plenty of highlights of it though <laughs> and he said they play it all the time on nba tv and man i love it and all that stuff so uh we had a good laugh after that and That's we so talked funny. about a lot more things <laughs> i don't know when exactly the piece will come out but uh probably be before the dunk contest so It'll definitely come out before that because this. I just don't know if it'll come out this week or the week after. But it was a cool conversation. Good stuff. So be looking out for that. You can follow Isaac at. You cannot find me there. <laughs> Laker tries to help me out on the podcast. That's my Twitter handle in Bart. Yeah, he tries to help me out with the handles. Uh, you can find Isaac at Isaac L. Harris. You can find me at Nick Van Exit. Today I uh, I dropped a piece about. Uh, Wes Matthews, Michael Scotto of The Athletic reported that there was a potential deal uh, for Wes Matthews to the Pel- to go to the Pelicans. We will talk about that, uh, but you can go to Mavs Moneyball right on, uh, and go check out that piece. Just did some analyzing of it. We'll talk about it today. So let's get right into that. Shout out to The Athletic. Shout out to The Athletic coming to DFW. They do not have a Mavs writer yet. So, uh oh! Dun 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 dun. So several uh, <laughs> several unqualified Mavs media members will try to. to Who are they gonna poach? <laughs> McMahon. What if Eddie? They, what if they did though? Nah, McMahon's too big for that. I don't know. They got Ken Rosenthal. Like Ken Rosenthal's a huge baseball writer. Yeah, but that's baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, just the shade thrown at baseball. Well, I'm just saying, like, compared <laughs> to the NBA, I mean, like, NBA is, like, killing with fans. Yeah. So so uh, he drops this article today on The Athletic, uh, DFW, Michael Scotto did, and it was team-by-team breakdown of deadline possibilities. And it, this thing was just, I, I thought at least, it was full of just nuggets and different things. And Mike's probably the, the the most respected. Um, I mean, the Athletic has a lot of respected writers and reporters. Yeah. But Scotto came over from Basketball Insiders. He was solid then. Kind of rose up in their ranks uh, mm-hmm. with Steve Kyler and them. But I mean, he was respected with insiders, um, following for a while. And now the Athletic. I mean, that's a big time get for the like New York department. So he's a respected guy. He's one of, you know. Outside of the ESPN regulars, you get Stein, and then you get um, obviously Shams, and then you know Scotto's not on their level probably, but right you underneath them. Get like them a to Sam where, Amick in there. Yeah, to where like he's worthy of blogs doing a story about his reporting, if that makes sense. Yeah, like we definitely trust it. You know, like we 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 read it and we and we say like, okay, I can probably take into a, a account that that is what happened. 
Yeah. I was listening to Matt Moore's podcast. He's uh, at HP. I can't take his voice. HP, man. HP basketball. I listened to it in double time, but uh, I was listening to him. <laughs> That's even more annoying. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to get through it. <laughs> how many? I wonder how many people listen to us in double time. They they cannot listen to me in double time. I can't imagine that they would be able to double time. Sometimes when I if I listen to our podcast over, I think you are in double time. <laughs> <laughs> got a lot in here. Got to get it. And then it gets to me, and, I, and then it makes me feel like in slow mo. <laughs> yeah, I'm memory. in one and a half time, and Isaac is in half time. <laughs> That's what makes us good. We got the yin and the yang, the push and the pull. <laughs> so, but anyway, I was listening to Matt Moore's podcast, and uh, I think it's called Creating Something Space, Floor Space, Floor Space Creating. There's too many. <laughs> no, there's no too space. many names for podcasts that have to My do with space. like something about basketball. MySpace. And he was he had Sam Amick on, and they were talking about you know how to cover the trade deadline and, and different things to look out for. And they mentioned Michael Scotto, and they were like, he's you know very well respected reporter even among reporters because he you know kind of picks his spots with stuff, and he doesn't just come out with all this you know every like little minutia. You know he'll he'll uh-huh. just drop like the big things, you know like 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 big drops of knowledge kind of instead of just like the oh this player's coming up from the G League, <laughs> you know like just you know stuff like that. So. Yeah, and it, it's a different type of reporting too. I mean, he might do that now that he's going to mainly cover the Nets. I think in New yeah, York, yeah, Nets and so sometimes like, Knicks. So he might, you know, he might do stuff like that also. But it's also part of reporting too. Just over the past year, to where I've gotten to know more people, it's like you kind of ride the line of you know what do you report, what do you not? You know, is it worth it? With some of the things we've talked about before, some things that happened last year that's like on the record, yeah. off the record. Is it worth reporting something you observe when it could be a big story? But, you know, then again, do you want your name attached to something like that? And it's a whole different like world and ball ballgame. Uh, but but Scotto has his niche and he's good. I like following him. Yeah, yeah, really, really good. And uh, the athletics, I've really liked the athletic. I subscribed the other day. Uh, their app is awesome, man. They have a really, really good app. I was really surprised. It's really. That's how really I got nice. to read the thing. Nick sends it to me, and I have I've yet to uh, subscribe. And Nick sends the article to me, and I'm like, well, crap, I can't read it because I'm not a subscriber. But on the app, you can read like five for free. So I just read it for free. Oh, I didn't know that. So there you go. You can go to that. You can go to the app. You can go to the NBA section. You can look at. This article is really, really good. Uh, but it mentioned Wes Matthews, and so let's get to that first. He, it also mentioned Aaron Gordon, which is kind of interesting, but the Wes Matthews was specific to Dallas. Um, the I'll just read it to you. It's very short. Dallas has been active on the trade market with an eye toward maintaining cap space this summer. Before DeMarcus Cousins' Achilles injury, the Pelicans tried to acquire Wesley Matthews. Talks involved New Orleans sending Ashik, Omer Ashik, Alexis Ajinsa, and a first-round pick to Dallas for Matthews, league sources told The Athletic. However, Dallas was hesitant to take on the contracts of Ashik and Agensa beyond this season. Break it down for me, Isaac. Yeah, well, I mean, I think a key part of it is... By the way, this is a trade that we mentioned on our on our trade possibilities. So, yeah, very we are true. smart. <laughs> and even even after the Miritich thing, we said, you know, this they could have, you know, entertained this. But... Yeah. I think a key part of it uh, to that story is he said before Boogie went down. Yeah, that's um, huge. And, you know, before Boogie went down, it was like all in. And now, you know, even with like Miritich coming in, Miritich is just 12 million, you know, 
West is 18.6. So next, even next if, season. Yeah, even if Dallas was willing to do it now after the boogie injury, we're not, we don't know if New Orleans would be willing to, you know, take on 18.6 for next year whenever the uncertainty would boogie. So we're going to operate like they would. And we're, we'll operate like it was before the boogie thing, before the boogie injury, and that D- Dallas was the main ones that said no. Yeah, that was the main thing that I wrote about today on, on Maps Moneyball is that this was before the boogie cousin injury. So odds are this deal was in place. They were thinking about doing it. Dallas was kind of hesitant on taking on the contracts. They probably could have been talked into it. You know, like that. that's just the feeling I get from, from this writing. I don't know if that's exactly what happened, but they, they were thinking about it. They were hesitating. They were looking at the contracts, and then – Boogie goes down, and they say, "Well, we we need some front court help. We, you know, not sure if we're gonna get Greg Monroe. Spoiler alert: They did not get Greg Monroe. Like Isaac said, that they were probably not going to. And then they're like, "Well, now we need a big. Like we, they don't have. I mean, they don't have any bigs. They don't have. They have no bigs besides. It was no. like Davis and Cousins, and then like these two guys that are mentioned in this deal are, were playing nothing. Like they weren't playing anything, and they make up like, you know, twelve million or something of their salary cap, and they're not doing anything." They got, uh, you know, just Davis and Cousins. Uh, I mean, I can't even name any more bigs that they're playing. Like Dante Cunningham. Yeah, I mean, he's not even a big. Yeah, like, he's like he's like a wing, but sometimes they play him big. Solomon Hill should have been. I mean, this, yeah. is, this is a mess there. So they really needed a big. And so they decided to go out and get Miritich instead. Miritich, like you said, also smaller contract. It was easier for them to do that. Um, the thing about Dallas, though, and for them to be hesitant to make this move is, is kind of curious to me. Uh, if you add these contracts together, basically next season Dallas will be taking two million less in salary cap than uh, New Orleans would be doing, which probably also messes with Orlando. Or, I keep wanting to say Orlando keeps messing with New Orleans because they need to re-sign Boogie. You know, if they if they're going to try to go all in and stay with him, then they have Anthony Davis, then they have Drew Drew Holiday, and like man, they they just be capped out. Like they, they just be completely capped out with four guys. And then yeah. try to figure out the rest of the roster. So d- for Dallas to take on those contracts, take less money, and then uh, after next year, Agents' contract is off the books. He's just you know he just has this year and then next year. Then uh, Ashik has this year, next year guaranteed, and then a player option for two thousand. Oh my gosh, two thousand nineteen twenty nineteen twenty, and only three million of that is guaranteed, and that was per uh, Bobby Marks. So. You're really, you're really not taking that much more. Like, you're only taking one million more <laughs> over the next two years than than New Orleans would be taking. So the hesitancy to me is like, Dallas seems to be waiting for the exact right contracts, and I don't know if they're gonna find it. And it seemed like they were kind of picky on this one. Yeah, <clears throat> and I, I think it just goes into how much they value West. Also, we don't know the pick protections of what that would look like. Yeah, the, you know, the protections I, came out today, and it was like one through eight. This was for the Miritich deal that actually got made, like that actually yeah. went down. I think it was one through eight this year, then one through four the next couple years, and then you know whatever. There's a, there's a lot like there's they wanted to make sure that they were covered in the top four. Yeah, so I mean we don't know all that stuff, uh, what, what all went behind that, but we know everything. You know, it, don't tell them that we know all of it. We but were, with we Dallas, you know Dallas could also be looking at it and saying, you know, okay, if we're gonna take back a bigger contract. 
you know, if we're going to take up 16, you know, point something. And you, set, and you almost got to combine these two guys together. Like, because neither yeah. of them are going to play. They are. They already have no. Dirk, who's definitely going to start. They're not going to not start Dirk as long as he's here. And they got to start him at center. And then Boston, Jen says one of the biggest dudes in the whole NBA. This dude's a monster. He's a really big dude. And then odds are they could get, like you know, like a Bagley, Aiton, Bamba, like somebody like that or a, the uh, Jaron Jackson type guy who's going to, play center too so these two guys are basically just going to be dead money and they're going to take up a ton of, of cap space so you got to got to treat them almost as one like one entity. yeah and that's that's what i said that dallas could be looking at it and saying all right if we're going to move west in with a deal like this to where we're going to take back a big contract or big money we want it to at least be somebody that can play some yeah you know for instance when we talk about like mo harkless in portland um you know, if I'm just using Orlando, but like at Fournier or something that has a massive contract, but he would at least play. You know, I'm just talk, I'm just like somebody that could at least come off the bench and give you minutes when Ashik and Ajins is not going to give you anything. So that could be the 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 mindset. You know, with Dallas of saying it's not just a first round pick, but at least somebody can log minutes off the bench. But yeah, I mean, I think that I think your piece probably upset. I haven't checked the comments on it, but. It probably upset some Mavs fans that they didn't pull the trigger on that, but and I think this could have been more on the Pelicans, you know, because sometimes it takes a little while for teams to you know figure stuff out and get it done. And Dallas could have been just hesitant on it, and then all of a sudden the boogie thing happens, and that changes everything. You know, it's not that it's not that this yeah. deal was still in place when the Miritich talks happened. Exactly, exactly. That and that's key. That's key to everything. So, yeah, I mean, it's interesting that it comes out. Um, it's interesting just to hear what. You know, you know, Mark Stein was on the Dunked On podcast uh, with Nate Duncan, and he said, you know, he was a little bit more pessimistic about it. He, he doesn't think <laughs> yeah. a, a team will take on West, but uh, but then again, in the very next breath in the sentence, he said, "Oh yeah, Dallas will absolutely take on money, you know, to get a first round pick." And he said they're in a small group of teams that have that power that can do that, so it could come in handy. There's just a lot of options on the table for Dallas. and But just remember, they really like Wesley Matthews. The Mavericks love him in the locker room. He has a mentorship role, just everything with that. They're not going to give him away for nothing. They're not going to give him away for a second or, you know, whatever. It will have to be a solid deal all around for them to give him up. Yeah, I also mentioned that Mark Stein appearance on uh, the Dunk Down podcast in my piece today. Where he said that you know Dallas is still holding firm to their stance that they are going to take a first and, and nothing less. <laughs> you know, like they'll take a first, but then as you mentioned, they'll also take on contracts. And so, when you look at those two reports, you look at Scotto's report and you look—I'm probably pronouncing his name wrong—and then Stein's report. If you look at them together, it's like, well, Dallas was hesitant to take on these two contracts beyond this season, but you know. Stein said they'll absolutely take on money to get a first-round pick. Well, in this deal that, that Scott reported, they were going to get a first-round pick. So don't those two things contradict? And that's where I, that's where I look at it and say, no, they don't because no, they they'll don't. take on the money. They're just hesitant to because I think they want to try to take on the right contracts. And, and expiring is impossible. The only two players that I, I looked up today that could be traded for West straight up, like say they wanted to do a player and, you know, a, player and a pick for West, they could be traded straight up that actually would, not like LeBron, Durant, nothing stupid like that. The only two players that have enough salary that could actually be traded for them are, that are expiring, are Brooke Lopez mm. and Cadavius Caldwell Pope. <laughs> wow. 
Those are the only two that like get even close to being able to trade that are expiring. And that is not going to happen, you know, until Magic Johnson's garage freezes over. Well, it's, it's two separate things. When Stein says they'll take on money for, you know, with a first attach, then we're not even talking about Wes. Like we're talking about like, Something if different. the team is making a three-team deal or something, and they have to shed money, and they 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 have to do it to pull in the big name, then they can call Dallas and say, "Hey, you please take this. We'll attach it first. Like not even talking about West. So the the West going West going out with money coming in and getting it first. That's a whole different conversation. So that's what that's where I think both reports, you know, like you said, are completely. You know, opposite of Dallas weighing the option of it's a completely different ballgame when you say we're going to send Wes out, bring long term money back in with a first compared to just bringing money in with a first. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Like without getting confused. Oh, yeah. That's no, they're definitely different, different reports. I think, th- yeah. I think they're connected a little bit in just the way that I described, but you're right as well, thinking that they would be completely different. Because if you send Wes out and you're taking those two contracts back, like I mentioned earlier, it's $2 million less. <laughs> you know, you're not taking in money. You're actually sending more money out than you're taking in. So that doesn't, that, you know, you're not taking on money in that deal anyway. So, yeah. All right. The other time that the Mavericks were mentioned in this whole piece from uh, Michael Scott on The Athletic was that Nick center Willie Hernan Gomez has drawn interest from several teams, including the Spurs and the Mavericks. Bring him in. So they're thinking since they brought in cancer, they got O'Quinn, they might move O'Quinn, but um, Hernan Gomez is potentially available. This is a guy that we've mentioned a lot in deals. You know, we've, we've mentioned maybe we talked about the Joakim Noah potential for that. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, it could though. I mean, if if the Knicks get desperate enough, get to the end of the you know the trade deadline, and they're like, oh, we got hey, it. Somebody, we got uh, Bleach report today. Bleach report. Uh, well, no, I think it was Steve uh, Steve Kyler said that he's hearing that you know the Knicks will will part with their 2018 first to move. There down. you go. That that's different. That Woj reported a couple days ago that they had been reluctant up until this point. I think this was two days ago. If you're if you're listening to this, it might have been three days ago. But Here's our thing. I think they will. I don't know if it'd be a 2018. I think they have to. Be, I think they have no choice. It could be 19 or something. <laughs> yeah, but like, well, I'm saying like, I think I think they would sacrifice it for it because their star in Porzingis wants it. Like, he wants to win now. Yeah, We've they can't already screw talked this about. Up. Yeah, like he's all. It's already kind of you know not been the perfect situation for Porzingis in New York. He likes being there. He's been open about that, but. He's also been very open the past two weeks about wanting to push for the playoffs. So, yeah, I think that that's your move. Like, when we talked about, you know, a deal around that of bringing in somebody like Wesley Matthews and Dwight Powell, like, both of them would help their chances in making the playoffs this year, you know, by sacrifice. I'm not even saying 2018, you know, 2019, whatever it is, and attaching that with, with Noah to shed that off. So, I don't know. I think – Push comes to shove. I think they, I think they could move a first with that, and find find a team out there that would be willing to take take on Noah with Hernan Gomez, first round pick, maybe even a McDermott or whoever else attached with it. That's a lot of different little assets to that could be worth taking on two more years of Noah. Yeah, I would do that. I think I would definitely do that. Yeah, I mean that—that's the deal I wrote about is Wes Matthews, Dwight Powell, because that could be a lottery no- pick for Noah, Hernan Gomez, Doug McDermott, and a first-round pick. 
And just as like a speculation, I have no no source behind that. But yeah, I mean, that's the that, those are the type of deals that that you could see stuff going going in with that. But anyway, I'm interested in that deal. I like Hernan know- Gomez. He he is a flyer. He and he talked about different flyers in the in the piece. He mentioned Stanley Johnson. He mentioned Malik Beasley in Denver. I like him a lot too. Uh, like last month, I tweeted out a big list of these type of these young. You type mentioned of flyers. Malik Monk also, sort of as a I have like Monk that. wrote down all my notes. Like that Which surprised kind of, me. Kind of amazing that that's where he is right now. Yeah, and so like, there's a lot of young flyer guys like that that I would love to get our hands on somehow, but who knows? Yeah. So those are the only times specifically that uh, the Mavericks were mentioned. The other time that that not the Mavericks were mentioned, but that's coming up the most, at least in my mentions today. <laughs> Let's we should have a segment called "What's in Your Mentions." <laughs> Dude, we should. I think that's a, that would be wild. That's a good idea. Uh, it's almost like a mailbag. Like these are my readers for like Bill Simmons. You know, like what's in your mentions? So what's in my mentions today? Uh, is Aaron Gordon's name. Aaron Gordon's name is in there a lot, and people are sending me different trades. I love every time you guys send me trades. I really I really like it, and uh, especially if they're really dumb. But I won't tell you on Twitter. I'll wait to tell you right now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, in the Michael Scott piece also, he said that they've been – that um, the regime is gauging the trade market on Aaron Gordon. If the Mavericks were going to try to put a trade package together for Aaron Gordon, I have no idea what that would include. Like, would that include have to? Would they request the pick and then a player? Would it have to be like Harrison Barnes? You know, like who would it have to be? Like, let's say the the, the Mavericks were super interested in Aaron Gordon. Yeah. So I have a piece coming out tomorrow morning. Should the da- Dallas Mavericks chase Aaron Gordon at the deadline? Uh, spoiler alert, no. And uh, <laughs> Okay, good. I'm glad we're on the same page on this. Uh, but no, here's the thing. Like, If I'm Orlando, this is where I start at the negotiations. Disney World, and then with, you go to Universal, go to Harry yes. Potter Land. Yes. Go to Diagon Alley and say, let's negotiate Flu here. powder powder, flu powder powder. Uh, um, so if that I'm is Orlando. That's a deep musical theater cut if anybody got that one. Tweet me gosh, if anybody got you, that, that random reference. Here we go. Nick talking <laughs> about Broadway. Um, That's not even Broadway. <laughs> Aaron Gordon, this is what I do if I'm Orlando. If you're shopping uh, Gordon, this is my starting point. Whoever, whatever team it is, you're either taking Biombo or you're taking Evan Fournier. Sit down. One of those two. That One of those two is going Biombo. out with, with Gordon. Two, I'm getting a first-round pick unprotected. Three, I'm getting some type of young player that could be a like a piece. So... That that's where I'm starting at, and then so take that guideline, go to Dallas. Could they take on Biombo? Yes. Yeah. Do they could do they have a first round pick? Not 2018, maybe 2019. It's outside of that, you don't have anything. So they're not taking Wes. Dallas is not trading. I got a text the other day saying, "What would Dallas entertain offers for Harrison Barnes?" I'm going to tell you right now, that's a negative 5%. That that ain't even happening. Negative 50%. That's just not happening. Um, And not because because Harrison Barnes is like this incredible player. You know, like the organization looks at him like he's a good player. He's not an all-star player. Do you want to look at me and tell me he's an all-star player? Not right now. Okay. So not that he's like a LeBron-level player or anything like that and that he's untradeable. 
The organization. He's a, he's a Batman. I mean, he's a Robin. He's a Robin. The organization looks at him as a foundational piece and mm-hmm. says that he, you know, more so than just on the basketball court, they value that. Yes. And we've seen this over and over, them trying to value these, these deals. And I think some of it, a little bit of this, is an overcorrection from getting rid of Tyson Chandler so fast. They saw what that what that did, where they you know got rid of Tyson Chandler so fast, and then they regretted it, and they brought him. That you even saw them bring it back in, and now they value these guys that are these culture like like cornerstone type guys, and so they're keeping Harrison Barnes. They see him as one of their young guys because I think Harrison Barnes's game is going to age really really well. Like yeah, the what he's turned into, you know, he's been working on his passing. That's one thing I think he he really has to work on too. His passing and spot up shooting, I think, are the two things that we really need to 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 work on to to age really well but he's only his passing is this deserves a whole different segment a whole different pod but there's so much goes into his assist as far as the sets they run for him the clear outs the pace of the team who remembering the people who are around him on the court um there's just a lot of stuff that goes into those assist numbers definitely and it's not just assists it's when he's you know when I say, you know, we joke around like, oh, he forces a shot. There are, there are players open on the court, I think, that that he could find. So maybe it's more decision-making than it is passing. We just say passing is like a blatant statement. Maybe I should say something different. But his game's going to age really well. So they see him as a piece that can, you know, grow with Dennis and be on that same – Isaac hates this word, but be on that same timeline with this rebuild. Oh and they think that they, – they don't want to part with that just yet because they see him as – you know, a, a personality that they can pass the torch to. Yeah, he's not going anywhere. So, and he's yeah, not all going that anywhere. to say he's not going anywhere. In those <laughs> Orlando's not Orlando's not taking West back, and Dwight Powell is not. You know, whatever. So, even though him and Aaron Gordon are distant cousins, brothers. So here, here's like the only here's the. You would have to hope Orlando is just focused on maximizing cap space and draft pick. So whatever, like they have to really think that they're not going to be able to re-sign him this summer. So the best like possible deal Dallas could do without bringing in a third team would be Josh McRoberts, Yogi Ferrell, Devin Harris, and like the 2019 first for Aaron Gordon and Biombo. So that's like the best. I mean, <laughs> that's the best you can do, and you know, like hope that they without value giving up too much. Yeah, like. There's no, there's no other really real options of what Orlando would value. You'd hope that they value Yogi a lot and be like, okay, that's cool. He's a young piece, and then you'd have to make the 2019. I wouldn't. I think the 2018 Mavericks pick is is off limits. They yeah, ain't be in touch. So like, you probably have to make the 2019 pick unprotected, and then you would take back Biombo, and then. So that that's still that's still wild. We're not even talking about the player Aaron Gordon, which one yeah. I'm not very high on at all. Yeah. So, and we we could differ with that. It's just when we get into these restricted free agents, I like almost all of the other main topic free restrictor guys more than Aaron Gordon. Yeah, I, I think Aaron Aaron Gordon could be interesting. He is a. Uh, he can't shoot. No. But he's interesting as a four slash five, uh, playing him as as at a five at, at you know, in okay. small lineups. I'm, I'm gonna make a, I'm gonna make a claim. Okay, a take. I'm gonna make a fiery take. Ooh, how much better than Dwight Powell is he right now? 
Oh, much better. He's a much better scorer. He's averaging like 18 a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like the, I get that, but I'm just saying, like they're both I super get points. Athletic. I understand what points are. Like, <laughs> okay, get him, get him the ball in the mid range and say score. He's ten times better than Dwight Powell. I'm just saying, as far as like they both can't shoot. They're both super athletic. They're both six ten, and they can like both jump really high. He can catch the ball better than Dwight Powell. So like that. That's my only thing is if we're gonna have a a, a guy like that. He just can't shoot. I mean, he's shooting 34% this year. His other three years in the league, he's never shot above 29% from I mean, the three. First, the first month of the season, he was shooting like 50% from three. So it's, there's at least – there's Really? There's, in there, four years, we're going to talk about three months. Look at me. There's a capacity there. You know, like there's there's potential there. <laughs> and his three-point percentage has risen pretty much every year. Okay. It was like 28% last year, and now it's 35 That is a huge improvement. At big time. That's like an Andre Drummond free throw level improvement. <laughs> um, so you I will dog say, all these like, players, and they still got. He's twenty two, man. He's twenty. No, nah, yeah. Oh, oh, here's the thing. I'm not completely out on him. I'm just saying, if we're gonna pay somebody twenty million, yeah. And I know it call me stupid, but like, I would rather hand Jabari Parker twenty million than Aaron Gordon. I'm not, what's more what's more frustrating a player that is definitely worth the money that might not play or a player that you pay that's going to be there but might not be worth the money well Aaron Gordon fractured his foot in his first year and missed over half the season so he hasn't been like clean clean slate and he's had different he has a hip injury right now um hasn't had a, you know it's just he's been banged up a little bit but and I think his no and I'll give him the benefit of doubt too Orlando tried to make him a three there yeah. for a bit, yeah. and that's not him. He's a four. And I also say this: if he does come to Dallas, I think he would fit really nice. Yeah, because him and, him and Dennis in the transition would be awesome. What what nickname could we come up with? Uh, if him and Dennis are on the same team, yeah, like that Slam like, Bros or something better than that. It'd be insane. But I'll say, like, here's the thing. His fit, as far as like the draft pick, would be great too. Like Bamba or Aiden would fit nicely alongside of him. Gordon would be the four. Yeah, you, know, you wouldn't be the, handicapped. The problem with with them though is we we need to see if you know at least Bamba. If Bamba's shot was was good enough that we can pair him with Gordon, that it wouldn't be you know. Yeah, but like Aiden would fit nicely alongside. Yeah, Aiden him. would be great. Bagley would be great with him. Like if. If Gordon could play the five, which I think a team should in, try to figure out, you know, then you could then you're talking about like Bagley, Porter Jr., even Doncic, like all of them be able to play with him because Barnes would move That'd up to the so four. That'd be so weird. Porter Jr., Gordon, and Barnes. Yeah, that's random. That's that's like <laughs> that's next level. So. Like if you're ranking the the restricted guys right now, like it's just what they can what they get is so weird. And that's I did a piece two days ago, talking about how the the table set for another Nerlens Noel type of thing, like trade, to where you, we look at a restricted free agent, look at the pieces we gave up for Nerlens Noel. We gave up the expiring of Bogut this year. It's the expiring of McRoberts. We gave up a young piece. But that young piece could be Nerlens, Seth, Yogi, or whatever it is this year. And then we gave up a draft pick. We have all of our draft picks of the future for a restricted free agent in Nerlens Noel who, you know, the team didn't know if they are going to be able to pay and all that stuff. It obviously didn't work out, but could they find a restricted free agent with a similar type of deal 
They very well could. And there's a ton of them out there. Marcus Smart, Jabari, yeah. Julius Randle, Rodney Especially if Hood. they're from the same college. <laughs> so, like, there's there's a lot of stuff out there. It's just a matter of who you would give a, a pick up for. Would you give – I don't know. Like, how would you rank those guys, Smart, Hood, Parker, Gordon, Randle? You know, I guess – I guess it, wait, right wait, now, smart. And, let's just let's do those. Smart, Hood, Parker, Randall, Gordon. Right, the five, yeah. five restricted guys. I gotta type these out. I would I think, say league wide, Aaron Gordon would have the highest value, right? Yeah, because he's only twenty two, and he can play multiple positions. He's already a good defender. Uh, then you would go. Then I mean. Not, I mean, healthy, you'd go Parker first, even before Gordon. Yeah. So I'd probably go Gordon, Parker, Hood, Randall. Randall Smart. Smart. Even though Smart is interesting because he just makes their team better every time he's on the floor, even though the guy can't shoot and takes those shots like you saw (laughs) against the Lakers and that, that, that final thing. However, the more players that come out of Boston and go some other place and suck... The more yeah. I'm like, Brad Stevens is super good. He's coach of the year. And, like, look at Jay Crowder now. Look at Isaiah Thomas now. Isaiah Thomas is different, obviously. But uh, look at Kelly Olynyk now. Like, look at some of these guys, and you're like, they're just not the same. And so I think that some of that is Stevens. Yeah. I mean, it is for sure. But, I mean, really, any of those guys for the right price, I would like to get my hands on. Because I, yeah. I know yeah, Marcus definitely. Smart can't shoot very well, but I, I would kind of like his fit next to Dennis. I would like his fit. In the backcourt, like coming off the bench next to Seth. Yeah, that's true. You do of you know the starting. Speaking of Seth, Rick uh, kind of expanded on my 2018 quote. Go, go ahead. No, like I just seen where, uh, you know, when I asked Rick the last home game or whatever, whatever it was, or practice about Seth update, and he's like, "Yeah, 2018. He'll play in 2018." Um, he expanded on that on the road. I think Eddie or somebody asked him about it, and. He just said that there's a chance after the All-Star break, I'm pretty sure, but he said if not, he'll be ready for the fall. So it makes you think that, like, he'll be ready for the fall. Like, okay. He's an unrestricted free agent this summer. Yeah. So. Uh, Mentioned in, I don't know, I don't think it was this piece. I think it was Danny LaRue's. Danny LaRue had a piece on The Athletic about uh, the Sixers and what they could be looking at at the trade deadline, and he mentioned Seth Curry in that. As a as a potential. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't expect to see his name anywhere, but if he was playing, that would be a whole different story right now. That would be a whole different ball game if he was playing. The team would or be even, so different right now. It'd be different. Even if he came back like three weeks ago and has been playing for like three weeks, his trade deadline value would be so weird to to judge. But it's weird. Mavs fans, we're trying to uh you know, we're talking about anything and everything right now. Yeah, I know I bash Gordon, but like Gordon, you know, for the right price, it would be crazy to get his hand and get your hands on somebody like him. I, I just don't see Orlando giving him up. They have nothing right now. Especially if you look at a team, you know, if you look at Oladipo and think that, well, that's what he was doing in Orlando. You know, he was yeah. decent in Orlando, and then all of a sudden he comes to this other team and he's just unleashed. You know, it could be the same for Gordon. That's why. That's why I've, in Orlando's case, for sure, like they have to get a young player back 
what, anything better than what Dallas. It's really is. funny that they got to get a younger player back than twenty two. They got to get some type of piece back besides a draft pick and cap space. You know, in in the Gordon deal, to where like if he was like surrounded by guys like Jabari in like Milwaukee, like they don't necessarily would have to have a, a you know, a, it's not as crucial for them to get back a big name or something like that because they have so much so many players, but. Every situation is unique. Julius Randle, that would be like cap space and picks would be ideal for them. Probably they don't probably don't care about having a young name coming back for Randle. Yeah, they expect him to be gone anyway. Yeah. So the other thing is with all these guys, is it be hard for me to get to want to give up assets for for guys like this because they're probably going to be available in the open market and Dallas is going to have the second or third most cap space if they stay stand pat right now. Yeah, so like they're gonna have you, they're makes, gonna have more space than a lot of teams to to try and get some of these guys. Yeah, it makes you wonder if like Dallas is gonna sit there and be like, you know what? Let's just go restricted free agent shopping. Let's go down the line. We'll just try First a bunch one. of these guys and see if one of them, you know, see if they don't match one of these. Yep. Let's just make y'all make y'all match them all. Try to get one. Try to get the next guy to like wait on signing a deal and saying, you know, for instance, if they chased Gordon, offered him like a max or something. Waited three days, but at the same time, they're telling somebody like Rodney Hood or something, hey, just hold off because if they match Gordon, we're going to come at you with the same deal. You know, like if, so, if that's the deal, like that just gets in, insane. And then just, you're forcing these teams to max their guys or give them big contracts. It becomes a weird game of chess, but instead of chess pieces, you have dominoes. That's And, that, and that's why I'm saying like all these people are throwing, even you know people on my staff at the Smoking Cuban, whatever, they keep on bringing up the past of what has cat space ever gotten us like that's just it's so stupid all this stuff it's just a little different this year there's not very many teams that have it the teams that do have it they're not really at the you know dallas you know we do have a solid structure in place we have a top coach you know we have dennis smith jr that's looking nice like we have these like pieces to where we, I think we we do we are looking looking like an appealing location for some of these younger guys, you know, that's ready to get on board this next team that's going to be hitting their stride the next you know three or four years. So you know, it's also appealing cash money. <laughs> if you can offer more cash. money than other teams, then players want to come. Yeah, that's that that's the thing. And so if you're getting offered the same amount of money between Chicago and Dallas or even Atlanta and Dallas. Like, I mean, you'd hope Dallas looks better than that. Maybe not Chicago, but definitely, definitely Atlanta. Oh, cool. Let's all go for Chris Dunn. They got some interesting pieces up there marketing. Yeah. I like their pieces. I'm just joking, but like there's, but they're still like multiple years away though. Yeah. Well, so is Dallas, but <laughs> we, I would argue we're we're closer to a win now than they are, though. All right. Well, the uh, sixteen win record right now does not reflect that. So, I think it would take less moves for us this off season to make a run for the playoffs than the Bulls. Oh, I agree with that. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. If you're just going to go with those yeah. two teams, yeah. Put boogie on the Bulls. Do they make the? Well, that's the East. Shut up. <laughs> there you go by the way at this time last year i've been tracking you know since the season's a little bit longer this this year i've been tracking the day of the season like how many wins did each team have at, at what certain day of the season 
this time last year, the Mavericks had 22 wins. This year, they have 16 wins. <laughs> oh, crap. Are we going to get to 30 wins? Uh, it's not looking like it. To get to 30 wins, man, you'd have to – let's see. They have – how many games left? They have 51, 50 games left. 50 games left, and they have to get uh, 14 wins. Wait. We don't have fifty. No, games no, they've left, pl- they've played fifty-two games. My bad. They have thirty games left. Yeah, and they need to get to they need to get fourteen wins. So you'd have to go like fifteen and fourteen. Dang. You'd have to go basically five hundred to get to thirty wins. All right, so twenty-five wins. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's where we're at right now. <laughs> the thing with it is, like, we're just never going to give up. Like. When it gets to, they did like, last year, and they still won the last couple of games. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, they did give up last year. Cuban even said so for like two games. But we were start. They were starting like you know Brusino. Like this team doesn't even have like a Brusino to start. <laughs> DeAndre Liggins with his seven steal game. With one game, that'd be hilarious if that was a record for Dallas that stood forever. <laughs> That'd be the best. All right. We've already gone way too long. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this Saturday edition of Locked on Mavericks. We will be back again on Super Bowl Sunday. Really? Yeah, because we'll, we'll, we'll record Saturday night. So. Oh, yeah. This is Friday night, guys. This These days are going together now. This, this is number, deadline t- dash. number 10 in a row, the deadline dash. It's coming up on Thursday, though. Also, by the way, wanted to mention that the uh, Locked on as a network had the highest month ever. In January, so we had the highest month that we've ever had, and the Lockdown as a network had the highest month it's ever had. Uh, a couple million listens <laughs> over the whole network, which is pretty awesome. So, Heck yeah. really cool to see that. Uh, so, thank you so much. There's also a whole bunch of other podcasts out there. So, if you guys are interested in other teams, there's Lockdown everything. That's true, but don't leave. Stay with us. Yeah, no, not leave. It's just like you can go check out some other places. Nah, they ain't as cool as as we are. You'll be back. You know you'll be back. (laughs) You'll be back. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom. Boom.